Welcome to the Legends and Master Show, everyone. I'm very excited to introduce our guests today. Uh, they are amazing musicians, songwriters, businessmen, and entrepreneurs. Also close friends and bandmates to one of the best singers and frontmen in music history. And they have some awesome stories that you guys just have to hear. So I'd like to welcome to the show, uh, Sean Dudell, uh, Kristen Davis, and uh, pretty soon, Mace Byers. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. That's right, man. Yeah, I just got to get like the, like an audience applause button, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> um, man, so I, I really want to uh, tell you I appreciate you guys taking time to do this. Uh, it, it's I know we got crazy times and crazier schedules and all that. Um, and I usually ask people what you've been up to lately, but I see you guys have been very busy, very busy with this new amazing album. And I just like to dive in real quick. It just what kind of inspired you guys originally just to go forward with this album? Go ahead, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to go, we started with Chester. You know, obviously, we were going to do a reunion show with, uh, you know, with Grey Days when Chester was alive, and we started doing some recording, and just, you know, it started out as one show, and then quickly people started asking us to do more stuff. And so it was yeah. building and growing, and then obviously, uh, you know, tragically, Chester took his life, and then... Yeah. That was kind of the end of it for us, I think, because we had more immediate things to think about, right? And so, um, so after about eight, probably about six to eight months, we decided let's let's finish this thing since we started it with Chester, and and let's finish it for him, you know, because yeah. he was really the catalyst behind putting this back together, behind pushing us to do more stuff, making it bigger and better than it would have ever been. And so, I, you know, it was hard, but we decided let's do it for him, you know the. Things changed, but we started this project. Let's see it through the through the end. That that's amazing, man. Yeah, I mean the, the album really does um, uh, for everybody. It, it commemorates and uh, really honors his memory and his talent. But uh, also, I just love the whole uh, connection, everything, uh, family, friends, uh, everything on this. Uh, let's kind of go back in time a little bit, guys, and you know to the beginning of Great Days. If you could just kind of Briefly, uh, you know, say how you, you know how you found in Gray Days, and um, you know what kind of influenced uh, you guys musically for that. So back in the '90s, it would have been uh, 1992 when I first met Chester. Kristen actually went to high school with him, but I was introduced to Chester um, through a mutual friend named Chris Hewlett when we were trying to audition singers for our new band. He said he knew this kid who sounded just like Eddie Better, and we should try him out. So a couple of days later, he came down to audition and. In walks this skinny little nerdy looking guy and he is maybe 90 pounds if that and you know his tight curly hair and these wiring glasses and i just remember going oh man <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't a rock star and then he walked up and you know he was very nice hey nice to meet you guys and he had this little energy and then and then he walked up and we started playing pearl jam alive and as soon as he started singing we're like holy crap this guy he's good so we as soon as we were done we asked him if he could join the band and he asked he said well would you come help me convince my dad uh to let me join the band and so i drove over to chester's house and sat in the living room with him and his father and you know his dad grilled me over uh you know what's oh, yeah. what my son gonna be doing you know he didn't you know and i and i'm sure i looked like you know the guy parents wouldn't want their kid hanging out with so okay um, <laughs> I'll give everybody a picture as we as we're going through here, yeah. so you get a, a little but, idea. <laughs> yeah, to 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 Chester's father's credit, you know, Lee Lee trusted us, and and uh, he said, "Well, just make sure you keep him safe and and take care of him." And we did. Cool. And, and uh, the rest, you know, we kind of you know started work rehearsing, you know, two three nights a week in the beginning, and then started writing songs. I think we did our first show three months after that, and then we did our first album, um, you know, the next year. So. We, we just kind of jumped in head first. Yeah, yeah. At, at that point, and, and what kind of um, for you guys, uh, you know, back in the day, like, how'd you kind of get your sound? Like, uh, you know, what was the process? How'd you guys like gel as a band? What kind of brought the influences? We all had we all had different influences, but I think the the common interests, um, you know, in that early '90s era was kind of just coming out of that grunge era where you had bands like. Allison Chains and Pearl oh, yeah. Jam and and Red Hot Chili Peppers and um, Stone Temple Pilots, 
Stone Temple Pilots. There you go. And Chester was a huge Stone Temple Pilots and Jane's Addiction fan. Jane's Addiction. Those were huge influences for him. Not so much for me, but for him, those those were influential. But you know, I think Allison Chains is the one common thread between all of us, between Chester, nice. myself, and Kristen, and Mace, and Jonathan, and Jason, all the people, and Bobby, all the people that were involved in Great A's. We have those those roots kind of cemented in that that grunge foundation. But I wouldn't call Great A's a grunge band. I think Great A's was kind of right. post grunge, or the bands that kind of came after that, like Live, and um, and Bush. And, and, and bands like that of that of that time period, maybe you can come up with some others, Kristen. But um, that's really the, the element I think we found ourselves in. And then the new rendition of Great Days is something you know it still has those roots, but it's still it's very different and it's much more modern sounding. Awesome, yeah, I, it, you you can hear that, and and also you know back in the day, you guys were were the kind of like go to band, so to speak, for national acts coming in and and other uh, big bands coming in for for opening up for them, correct? Well, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to overstate things. We did really, really well. And we, we were definitely one of the top three bands in Arizona. We were crushing in all levels, but at that time, the music scene in Arizona was pretty happening. Kristen was in some other bands that were doing quite yeah. well. There were some other really good bands in the Arizona scene that I don't want to marginalize or, or take away right. from what they were doing. I mean, Jimmy E. World was a band that was opening up for us uh, on several oh, cool. occasions. Wow. We know what yeah. they went on to do, you know? Yeah. We had bands like Funk Junkies that were signed to Interscope and went on to do the Tommy John, Tommy Boy uh, soundtrack. And, and Kristen had, had a band, uh, he had a couple bands that went on to, to do big things. So we were one of those bands that were doing big things. Awesome. Yeah, man. Sounds good. It makes sense. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just thought it was interesting hearing your guys' story on it, and that's the other reason why I wanted you on the show is, you know, um, it, there's a lot of amazing, like, origin story to this, you know, the, the beginnings of everything here, and how you guys stayed in touch over the years and the thing, and what it developed into kind of culminating to the album, of course. Uh, you know, for various reasons, the band broke up in 1998, as many people watching this or, or will be listening to this uh uh, you know, he, he went on to do famously with Lincoln Park, success there. And I was always, even, even with Lincoln Park, always really uh, like attracted his style of singing. He had just such a great way of getting super soft and melodic and then out of nowhere, like this gut busting scream. Uh, and he, and hearing like even the original Great Days, uh, I mean, he's always had that. I mean, that's what shocked me on this album is I'm like, this is his original vocal recordings. This is unbelievable. Like, uh, and I, I think it's an innovative album too. Cause you don't really hear about, you know, that like you're doing this modern twist on the songs, you know, this reimagining and, uh, what kind of inspired you guys to do that route with it? You know, what was your thoughts about going into that? Well, I mean, I, we didn't really have much of a choice, right? So, I mean, it was, right. uh, it was, we got. it was kind of the, the only way go. to, Hey, what's up, Mace? Hey, what's up, Mace? It was sorry uh, about that. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> find the link, man. I thought it was in an email. It was in a text right above me. Right. <laughs> what's up, Mace? Tom, nice to meet you. So, I was just telling Mace about how why we did the record the way we did, and I was saying that you know, from a vocal perspective, that was the only choice we had. I mean, obviously, we started this with Jetser. We didn't get to his vocals because he was on tour. Um, before he was set to meet up with us, we had started rehearsing, but he was going to come meet up with us after he got took a break from his LP tour. And so the only option was to use the the old vocals. And then the thing about it was the the guys had the foresight enough to, to spend extra money and get really good mics and get really good vocal takes. I mean, one of the things in the studio when you're, when you're young kids and you're in the studio, the, you're racing against time because you have limited funds, right? So, but they did spend the time to get the vocal right and, and use some extra additional, like better equipment to get a really good vocal performance. And then you have Chester who just crushes it anyways. So yeah. it was a perfect, perfect scenario to be able to 20 years later, take those things, polish them up a little bit, put them in under over rather uh, new music. And it just sounds incredible. I think. Oh, phenomenal guys. I mean, I mean, what's that feel like too? I mean, you guys, <clears throat> you made uh, the billboard top 10 for mainstream rock song. I mean, that's, it's unbelievable. Uh, and I can only imagine too, going into it, like having been through in, in since the nineties with the band, everything that uh, we've gone, gone through, you know, with this story, 
and kind of culminating into that, like, what did that feel like just putting all that, all that history and all that, uh, even, uh, effort into making the album? What, what did that feel like for you guys? Just seeing that and the reception of it. I think each one of us has a, an immense sense of pride. You know, we, we, we spent two and a half years doing this record and trying to curate it in a way that made sense to not only ourselves, but to Chester's fans. So I think, by the end of this, we all kind of looked at each other and realized we had done something really special, um, something that was going to stand the test of time and something that, you know, we consider a masterpiece and hopefully his fans do as well. And, and thus far, the feedback has been that. So for us, I, I think to simply put it, it's just an immense sense of pride when we see things like that happen. It's, you know, the 20 year old version of me would have would have, you know, been egotistical, but um the 46 year old version of me and I can't speak for Mace or Kristen. I'm just, I'm proud to the point where I think we did our friend, right. And that's what, that's the, the sense that I have about it. How about you Mace? It's the same thing. Uh, if I had one word, I, it would be pride. Uh, absolutely. Amazing. It's a sense of accomplishment. And I'm just, uh, for me, I'm just so happy to see, uh, you know, him back on the charts. I mean, how cool yeah. is that? That's the coolest thing. You know, I would love this thing to get some kind of uh, awards or something, but not us, him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I would love to see something like that. It's like, um, it's just amazing that, that it's still moving forward like that. And uh, it's a sense of accomplishment for sure. A little bit of sense of relief for me. I'm just happy that uh, people get it. You know, they, they get it. Yeah. And it's not easy for us to, uh, lay out, uh, you know, if you, if you, when you watch the documentary, it breaks down the whole process, but just to sit here and break yeah. it down to someone, see what we just did the past three years, very difficult, you know? Oh yeah. You guys, you know, it's unbelievable, uh, undertaking. And, and again, like, that's the other thing I just kind of poetic about it. I mean, you got, you know, you, his friends, um, you know, musicians, he, knew and admired um his family i like to bring up you know his on soul song his son jamie uh being on that i mean it's it's a really it was really touching and honestly the whole album uh not only is it amazing it's very rare that you can listen to an album at least in my opinion cover to cover usually it's like people like i like that one song or maybe a couple songs this one you it really is that kind of album you guys can literally you know first track the last track uh enjoyed the whole the whole thing and um you know, like I said, it is, you know, you, you worked with what you had to, but it is innovative having other guys come in. And uh, yeah, it, it, I, I'd say, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, um, I mean, he would be proud of this um, because it is that well done. And, and they sound like brand new songs, you know, compared to even the old songs. Um, so what was that like? Uh, you know, what was your kind of feeling like all these artists that want to contribute to this album like how did that feel people going yeah i want in i want i want to help out with this it's a pretty amazing story kristen you want to jump on the first and we'll have mace jump after sure yeah it's it's uh i mean there's there's nothing like sitting in the studio with corn you know while they're <laughs> while they're recording i mean it's yeah. uh to get to watch those guys create right in front of you was amazing lp came in and sang and i had chills the entire time you know it's being being able to be in a room with those people and then to hear Chester's voice on top of it is just there's just nothing like it in, in that I've ever experienced in my life obviously but um, I think it was really cool that they wanted to be part of it I think it was you know we wanted to make sure it was all people that had a connection to Chester so that it made sense there could have been other people that it may not have made sense that could have come in but we decided we wanted to keep it really personal and really um, special and and just invite the right people and. Um, I think it just turned out incredible. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. For me, uh, you know, uh, in retrospect now, if we didn't have some of those uh, guest players on, I think it wouldn't, it, it almost helped us tell the story because they're part of his touring past and everything and uh, for Chester. And it, uh, to me, it's just part of the story. And it kind of now just makes sense after the fact that we put them on. Um, and we were very, very um, careful on, and on the reasons why, yeah. you know, obviously it, it was uh, people that wanted to, you know, 
friends or family, you know? Yeah, that that's amazing. Yeah, all that coming together. And I imagine I imagine you guys had a lot of good like reminiscing and, and just kind of appreciation of your, your friendship and things over that. You guys, uh, you know, through the years of great days, you guys um, got any interesting stories that kind of stick out in your head for when you would play shows or, you know, even coming up. John's the only one that remembers anything. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I have a funny story that I remember. We were doing a, a private showcase for um, uh, Interscope, Real Records Interscope. And we had a friend who said he had this uh, pyrotechnics kit and we should borrow it for this private showcase. Really? And uh, we did sound check and stuff. And we went on, we're literally playing in front of like two guys in, at, the, at one of our favorite clubs called Electric Ballroom. And we didn't test it out during sound check. We just let him set it up. So as we're playing, we're like, okay, we're going to give you a cue for you to cue this thing. And it's right when we start off, you know, we do this big, big musical buildup or whatever. Mason and I are vamping and we do this big thing. And as we, as we kind of get, you know, get to, get to this climax thing, we come in and, and hit real hard and that's the cue. And it's supposed to be this, you know, these little fire gels Well, this thing, he must've put too much gunpowder in this oh, stuff. Oh no. Because the flames shot up all the way. This is like a 40-foot ceiling. Yeah, all it's lucky it happened there. Melted the, there. Yeah, oh, man. the entire lighting rig on the top. And it and it was like an explosion, like a bomb went off. It, it felt That's like it was my skin burning. I remember just stopping. I got scared. All of us just kind of froze because it was so impactful. Oh, man. That's and crazy. We started, we, started, we started playing again, and we're like, the very first thing the record label guy goes, yeah, don't do pyrotechnics again. That's, yeah. that's not, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not a good idea, right? <laughs> I think, um, yeah, you definitely know you're in a rock show, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, um, it, just, it didn't fit our personality at all, but we thought it was going to add something cool to the thing, and it just it didn't work at all. Yeah, I, and and we're kind of on, I'm going to pop some pictures in here uh, as we talk, uh, guys. So if they kind of inspire some other memories, but what was it like, you know, performing and you know just as gelling as a group? What was it like performing and working with each other, or you know, you, you can even talk from amongst each other there, or or even for uh, your perspective with Chester as well. What was that like as uh, songwriting and performing? Well, for me, for me, uh, <clears throat> if I don't have a good time playing and writing. And, you know, why am I in a band? So, yeah. I mean, we just had a blast playing, right? Um, I was just watching some uh, some kind of show last night, some band playing. But I could see, it was, I could see the live moment. Oh, it was like Chicago. But I could see uh, that moment when the band is in that moment of uh, just super tight and you're in that pocket. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, can't, you can't find that anywhere else, you know. And we just had a great time. And Sean and I, we could just look at each other and start laughing, uh, you know, even on stage. So, uh, and, and Chester's energy, him and I, we, we fed off each other. So for me, that's my, one of my favorite parts of being in a band is playing live. Yeah. I think we were starting to develop our, our writing skills pretty well up into um, the time of when uh, Mace finally joined the band. But I think our, our performance level went from being a decent local band to being a to, to being able to compete with the national acts when Mace joined the group, because he really showed us yeah. how to not, you know, we, we were good. We were good writers already, but there's a difference between writing a story and telling a story. And Mace was able to come in, whether he knew it or not. I mean, he just showed us how to become better performers, myself and Chester, both and Bobby for that matter. Um, so I, I think that's one of the most, impactful thing that Mace brought to the group when he joined the band was really bringing the band on a visual level up to that national level. We were play with, after Mace joined the band, we got our chops together and, and, and started performing when we would play with national, national bands like suicidal tendencies or seven Mary three or Vince yeah. Neil, they, they would come up to us after the show and be like, who the fuck are you guys? Like, we've never, <laughs> like, how, and, and and at least half the crowd would be there for us anyway. So, you know, it was yeah, just you guys a solid draw. Feeling, um, hearing that, and, and it goes back to understanding how to perform on stage. 
Gotcha. And, and uh, Chris, I was, oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know if it was John Lennon or Paul McCartney. I've read this somewhere <clears throat> to where he goes, well, one of my tricks <clears throat> is if it's really easy to play, I make the stank face like, ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> you can really move around like, and, ah. and when it's really difficult, stone cold, nothing. Yeah. I got that. <laughs> That's a great point. It's this weird illusion like, oh my God, he's doing that with no effort at all. <laughs> in his head making the crazy stank face on the easy ones you know that's when you really give it to him and that's like a little weird little trick i've always done <laughs> that's awesome and, and and kristen at the time you were you were in uh, other bands uh, and playing with them correct yeah we played lots of shows I've, i was in a bunch of different bands in the, around that time and uh yeah, we played a bunch of shows, the ballroom, uh, a lot of the like radio festivals. All the bands that were doing well would always get together and do the radio festivals. So that was always a cool thing to do. And uh, yeah, and I've I've seen I've seen Great Days from from the audience side a million times. You know what I mean? So it was cool when they asked me to join. I already already knew the whole vibe and the whole thing, and I was excited to get on stage with them. And even like even rehearsing, I and mean, we we had some rehearsals. We were waiting on Chester to get off tour, and. I think we we gelled right away, and it just felt you and I clicked like right riding a bike right away. Then Sean and I had played throughout the years, uh, you know, just getting together and playing with you know other players in town and stuff. So I mean, we we'd already been playing together a little bit. So okay. yeah, it was it was it was amazing. That, that's unbelievable, and and yeah, even watching. I mean, if anybody hasn't seen any of the doc, you know, the documentary or the little little snippets. Uh, definitely, uh, I'll have up at the end of this, uh, you know, all the links and everything. But definitely go to the Great Days website and uh, their YouTube channel as well, because they, um, you know, actually that's how I came upon this at all, this project at all. I, 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 I told uh, Kristen in the beginning, I was just like, you know, you know, looking around on YouTube, and all of a sudden, I think it was uh, the little little documentary on uh, B12. I'm like, wow, what, what the hell is? This is corn yeah, song. But they're man. awesome, man. They're awesome, especially in this day and age. Like, you know, everybody's getting sick of their TV shows. There's no there's no, <laughs> there's no nothing new. What the, um, the well thing done. about this the thing about this project is it it, it really almost needs some expl explanation, right? I mean, people are hearing people hearing new music from Chester that are not exactly sure what it is. They everybody obviously recognizes that voice. Yeah. Um, so to be able to explain what we did and then the why too, because I think people can jump yeah. to a conclusion that we did this for a reason other than what we did it for, which was only to, to honor Chester and, and to finish the yeah. project that we started together. So I think it was as important as the music is to be able to tell this story and let people know that this is a passion project out of love and, and respect for our friend, you know? Well, I, I wanted to personally, you know, as a fan, thank you guys. Cause um, you know, like otherwise this would have never happened and we would not even know this story i mean it's an amazing story have you guys thought about i mean you did documentary on it have you thought about um maybe put some of this down in in a book as well or are you guys or, or any future kind of uh projects with this so we have at least enough material to do one more if not more awesome. albums but we have we have at least one more album coming um the label wants us to get back in the studio now and we need <laughs> a break finish yeah <laughs> yeah, we need we need a break, man. We just worked two and a half years to get this one out, so uh, we have at least at least one more record coming, and and we're working on possibly doing something uh, that makes sense in a respectful way to do some sort of live feature. Uh, wow, we'll, okay, we'll, we'll figure that out, and we'll more to come. We still got a ways to go on on um, creating the the content that would make sense to do it. That, that's awesome. That's great to hear. Uh, as I remember, you know, in, in one part of the documentaries, uh, you did mention there's we have like over 30 songs. And I actually wanted to ask you, like, what made you guys um, specifically choose the ones on this album? Well, some organically came as we go. We had different mixes. Uh, some just organically uh, like, oh, this, this is sounding great. This is making the record. Um, so it was like process of elimination, but we did know we wanted a combination of the first, Wake Me, and the second, No Sunday Day, uh, a combination of both. So that's where we started from that point of view. Oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, everything on here is just, it's so well done. And I did want to touch base on another, I because it's, it's part of the story. And, um, uh, that is, uh, this, uh, uh, club tattoo. Um, now that 
you know, at some point kind of culminated into uh, a partnership uh, between uh, Sean, you and your wife and, and Chester. Uh, I think, you know, Mace came on board too, right? It's uh, some point with this and it, how did that kind of segue into partnership? Initially it was uh, Sean and I, and then uh, I just okay. kind of played off on drugs and alcohol and he ran with the empire that, in a nutshell. That's really it. <laughs> that's, that's the cliff notes version of the cliff notes. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So Mason and I started, started in 1995 and uh, Chester actually was there helping us paint and build. And it was why we were doing the band. It was kind of an idea. So we do these little satellite tours out to San Diego or LA or, or, or wherever okay. we were going, we could make a little bit of money on the, while we were on the road and come back. That's the initial intent of it. And then uh, after about six months, I bought Mace out. And then in 2003, Chester became business partners with my wife and I, and uh, we ended up expanding and, and making it a, uh, what it is today. Awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely wanted to touch base on that. Uh, I, I actually just doing research uh, for the interview too uh, happened upon this. Uh, this is, I'm in a, like halfway through. This is awesome guys. Um, if you don't like reading, they have, they have it on audio. So <laughs> with Sean, with Sean reading it. Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when you were recording that with Jay. <laughs> yes, you were. Yeah, Go ahead. There's a really, uh, well, someone else reads the, audiobook wise reads it but it's, it's a really nice ford uh, uh from by chester in there as well and uh i mean just you just really feel the the love you know the kind of the family bond between you guys and it's one thing i really love and respect out of this uh having gone through you know being a musician myself through the years um you know you really do get that tight bond and and, and seeing you guys stick together through the years with that is unbelievable um but you know kind of segueing with that that book you guys are kind of setting up in, in June of 2017 for this show and uh, some questions we had emailed in that I wanted to bring up to you is um, at that time, was there a thought uh, pro or process uh, of thinking with uh, writing also new material, playing more than the one show, things like that? Yeah. So um, we were already sending material back and forth with two Chester while he was out on the road. We were working with Sylvia Massey in the studio already. So um, Chester had written four or five songs. He was playing them to me over the phone. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? So the whole idea was when he got off the road and we started rehearsals was to go into the studio and, and do the record. So, and as far as more shows, that's how this whole thing blossomed so quickly because once we were talking about doing the reunion show, we started having promoters hit us up from everywhere around the world. I mean, Tokyo, France, Australia. And then we realized, look, this is something that we can actually do. And, and Chess is like, let's, let's, let's go all in. Let's, let's, let's have a record that's ready to put out by the end of the year, which is why we wanted to revisit some of the older songs. We knew there was some really good material on there. Yeah. And we started working on three of them while Chester was actually still alive with us. So yeah. Yes. To all those questions. We plan on touring. Wow. We plan on, writing new material we plan on recording all that stuff unbelievable yeah I, go ahead ashley just asked what's the next what's the name of the album just going we're not ready that's the name yeah. of the next album. <laughs> we're not ready the next album. even if we gave you a name it would change 50 times before we ever got to the end of it so you know, that's, yeah. an interesting, okay. that's an interesting topic because we thought we had a couple of names we really loved and then one day we're in the studio and Kristen blurts out hey what do you think of making amends and when mace and i look at Kristen, we're like that's the, that's it right there yeah. yeah and it came out of left field and we were talking about all this other new sun tomorrow all these other titles and as soon as Kristen said that we're like that's the title so yeah yeah, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and um, and like I said, you know, uh, you, you worked with his uh, son Jamie uh, on on Soul Song. Uh, man, there's so many amazing musicians that came and contribute. Uh, uh, Head and Monkey from Corn for B12. Um, I, the list goes on and on. Like, how did you get? How did some of these come about? Were you guys um, just happenstance talking, or people reached out to you? How did that project uh, process work for you? So the main character that brought most of those people together was a guy by the name of Renee Mata. Um, he, he is a character. He was yeah. uh, very, <laughs> very close friends with Chester and uh, he manages artists in the music world. So 
Um, most of those connections came through him. The head and monkey came through me. They've been friends for, for quite a while. Um, but most of the people, am I forgetting anybody, Kristen Mace, that kind of, everything kind of came through Renee. Everything, yeah, everything was through, yeah. everything was through, Renee was a really good friend of Chester too. So he was help. he was helpful in getting the people that made the most sense to Chester too. So it was, um, and Renee brought us to the, to the NRG, the studio and working with Jay. So, I mean, he was really the, the connection to a lot of the stuff that happened. He was really an integral part of making yeah, this happen. Kind of the, glue stick, the, glue, the glue stick to this whole scenario, really. Mm -hmm. Wow, okay. Yeah, it, it, I mean, again, the I mean, the documentary covers a lot of this. A lot, you know, a lot of people actually watching this probably have not watched any of the documentary or the little documentaries for documentaries, as you said. Uh, but I definitely uh, that's more than worth a watch, guys. If anybody's uh, um, you know yeah. that's watching this, you got it. You should definitely check those out because there's a lot of you know there's stories, the stories, and you know honestly that's what um, really brings to light a lot of this amazing uh, things that culminate into this, uh, the music. What, what um, you know, as far as co going for the sound, you know, the sound for uh, amends, uh, how did you guys kind of start going in a direction that you did with that? You know, cause you can kind of have more, have more like a punk grunge sound in the past. I guess uh, there was talk of making it like a oh, more modern kind of twist to it. What was your kind of thought process of creativity wise? It, it was a push and pull between the label us and, and and producers to get that fine line of where it doesn't sound like the same record we did or why why we're doing it a and b to be fresh but not so fresh that we lose our unique sound from the 90s so it was uh it was not easy sean could probably shed some shed a little bit more light on the process uh, you know, the, I think the key ingredient was that we chose to work with five different producers that gave us as a band a new perspective on these songs, especially uh, not so much for Kristen, because he was coming into this with kind of fresh ears mm -hmm. and, and his own ideas, whereas Mace and I kind of were stuck on maybe the way those songs were for 20 years. So I think the key component for this was the, the producers were bringing just a different perspective. And then as they brought these kind of rough ideas, the three of us would go, Oh, what about this? What about that? Let's do this here. And then it just kind of happened organically after we had that, that kind of foundation put in place, or at least the, the bones okay. should have been, but in all honesty, I mean, Chester's vocals kind of lead you down a path. And sometimes oh, yeah. we go down three different paths. I can I can talk about one song in particular, or a few actually. What's in the eye, whole, and sometimes there's like five or six versions of each of those songs. Oh, really? and we finally just kind of yeah. whittled down and said, "This is the best version of that song." There's a couple versions of "What's in the Eye" out there that I think are really cool, but we went with another version because it kind of maintained the initial integrity and feel of the song. But um, uh, tell me if you guys disagree with me on, on kind of how that went down. No, I agree. I think the, the one missing piece is that, you know, we did work with five different producers. We had writers, we had us writing, we had um, a lot of, lot of voices in the room, but I think the one thing that was the glue that made it sound like one record was Kyle, um, yeah. our engineer who okay. kind of from a tones perspective and from a getting everything to sort of, you know, have all these different, nuances to it to bring it in and to be one one piece of work i think that was a, a big piece of it too absolutely thread give a thread to the record awesome and and uh you know we i, I ask questions as we go along too um from uh, people watching uh does anybody um for for all the songs in this album in particular uh does anybody have a particular song I don't want to necessarily word it the way they did with favorite, but the one that pops out to you the most. Would... Uh, it's easy for me. My favorite, She Shines. And it's, it's purely uh, uh, so just because I, I, it's really, I love that tune because of the bass tone. I love playing it so much, the energy in that tune. As far as production goes, my favorite would be In Time. Uh, it's yeah. like the production of the tune, the way you know laid it out. But she's my favorite for numerous reasons. I love that tune. Awesome. I, I think I change my mind every week, but I, the, the, <laughs> the the theme I think for for most of this is is more a Skype, just because it it emotionally I could I could still cry when I hear that song. So it's um, so good. 
I, I like watching, uh, I like watching the fan reaction videos and seeing other people because you can see it on there. You can see it on their face when, when those words hit him. And I think some, one of the yeah. fans put it best. He said, Chester doesn't sing words. He sings emotions. And I think with that uh, yeah. song, it really like it, it, you just know that Chester wanted to check the second chance to make amends, you know, for probably a lot of things. And obviously one main thing comes to mind, but, but, I think yeah. all of us and all of us feel that, right? I mean, we've all woken up yeah, right. on a day and said, "What did I do yesterday? I wish I could take that back and do something differently." And that just hits me right in the heart every time, you know. Amazing. I think for for me, like Kristen, my favorite changes every couple of weeks. Um, for a while, it's been Soul Song is my my favorite uh, favorite, but I, recently. In time has been growing on me quite a bit, and also um, Moray Sky and shouting out those those two as well. Just I, for whatever reason, those three are probably the most emotional tracks that I just named off. That's probably why oh, yeah. hitting me at the moment. But uh, you know, there's some real bangers on here too, like Sickness, oh, just like Heroin, and She Shines, and when you listen to the words. When you listen to the words 25 years later, they just take on, especially in light of all the events that have happened, they just take on a completely different meaning. And it, it's it's like, we say this all the time, but like he, it's almost like he wrote an apology before all this stuff happens. And it just, it, it just weighs a ton, you know, when you listen to it. It, it is, you know, but like there's a certain alleviate to it as well. I mean, you definitely feel uh, that. I mean, the whole, I mean, I mean, it, uh, you you guys can't toot your own horn. That's what I'm here for, right? So, uh, I mean, it, it is a masterpiece, honestly. Uh, you can't help but listen from the beginning to the end. You guys put a, a lot of just just artistry, creativity, and love into this uh, album, and it really comes across. And honestly, like I can't, you know, the documentaries uh, really are. I'm not sure we can go into like who did that uh, the documentaries in a second because they were very well done. It really painted a picture of what you guys were feeling. And, and going through uh, making the album leading up to it. And, but in particular, when I got uh, being a, a massive corn fan myself, uh, seeing uh, monkey and head, not only work on, on that, on a B12, seeing their reaction when they listen to Moray sky and the song's done. And they're just like, uh, <laughs> they, like just, they felt the, 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 what that song was so much. I mean, that song really is uh, very impactful, very, very, very strong. Yeah, those guys were awesome. They're just really genuinely good guys. And it was just an honor to get to work with them. And uh, they really were emotionally attached to the project, which was really cool to see in person. I don't think any of us expected that. Yeah. Um, a lot of the people, well, actually most of everybody that was involved became emotionally attached to the project. And that was really a beautiful thing. And that's when you know you're doing something right, though, too. Is when yeah. you're not just writing music where people are kind of bopping along. You're writing music, people are going, whoa. And they have to like sit back for a moment and, and absorb it and digest it intellectually and emotionally. And I think these songs do that for a lot of people. Yeah, I think with, mm -hmm. with this stuff, I think a lot of a lot of people felt after you know talking back with them that like it's important. So they have to bring their A game too. And we you know, we didn't think that. We were like, wow, we just have to be in a room with these guys, and then they're on on their end, they're like I have to bring my best game too because it's Chester and this is important. And so it was, I think that's, I think yeah. we were all pushing to be the best we can be. And it, it was the hardest part was the patience in it because you want to get something oh. done and you want to get something, you know, Honestly, right. Yeah. But you have to wait it out because it's not always right the first time. Sometimes you have to go back and remix something or add a part or, or just fine tune it. And, I think it was a, a lesson in humility and a lesson in uh, in patience for a lot of us because it's wow. it, it was it had to be perfect before we could let anybody else hear it. That was like a main kind of theme you heard from anybody that was kind of interviewed or, or you know to talk about making the album, um, even disrelated from you guys, other guys that were you know like like Monkey Head and and, and everybody. Um, they just common thread was they sense oh I'm in this thing this is important like this is. What I'm doing, this is important. And I, it, I thought that was an interesting kind of vibe that was going along with it because how much did you guys sense that? I mean, I know two years is a long time to be working on a project and, and, and things like that, but 
uh, and I love what you said right there with the patience of it. Cause yeah, I mean, you know, it's, you, you want to get the song made and people to hear this and you want them to hear your, your work. You know, you guys did take time on this. And I think that's also testament to you guys thinking this is an important thing and, uh, and not, not just for his memory, but just for the work. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? For me, it's crazy, crazy important for the fans because uh, Chester's fans are so emotionally involved, um, mm -hmm. which I'm witnessing even more now uh, uh, with the correspondence I have with a lot of them. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, I, I personally knew this is very heavy, very important. And in my humble opinion, part part of musical history on some level. Yeah. Uh, you know, sure. Not not for me, but right. as Chester, part part of, and he's part of musical history. So this is, it's a big deal, and I, you know, it's a big deal, man. Sure, and I, and I, I feel it every moment. For me, um, you know, I have to thank my wife for uh, pushing me to be patient because I, these guys will attest, I'm a very impatient bastard. Yeah. I'm not done. <laughs> I get stuff done. Like it's just, just the way I work on everything in my life. I, I just hammer through. And I told these guys in the beginning, look, this is probably not going to be quick. I had no idea it was going to take three years or two and a half years, but um, you know, I was thinking, Oh, this is going to take six months. Let me put this on my back and I'll carry us up the hill. And yeah. <laughs> man, I had no idea what I was signing up for with these guys. And, uh, but I have to thank my wife cause she kept reminding me, you need, you need to be more patient. You need to be more patient. Wow. Okay. And it's just, that's probably if, if, if people had to pick out and I've got a lot of weaknesses, but if people had to pick out probably the most glaring weakness I have, it's, it's impatience. So okay. it's like the one quality I needed to showcase with these guys in this project was a quality I really don't possess that well. Oh no, yeah. So, for you pushed us all to be uh, to be a little better at the things that we're not so great at, and patience is not one of my virtues either. So it's like I'm like, let's hurry up, and you want to hurry up and get this thing out because we're proud of it and we love it and we want it yeah. to get out. But it has to be right, and everything we do has to be over. Um, I don't want to say overthought, but it's got to be scrutinized because we want to make sure that we're never doing anything that's headed in the wrong direction. That it can make people question what our motives are with this stuff. This is purely a, a project to to showcase Chester and show our love for him. So it was, it, that takes a little more patience and a little more delicateness, I should say. Yeah, and and I know I know Kristen, we don't have too much more time with you. Uh, I just wanted to I wanted to personally ask you, like uh, even part of the documentary, you, there was a little nice moment with you um, where you know when you guys were getting ready for the reunion, uh, you know, kind of getting the green light, uh, from everybody, including Chester. I mean, what did that, what did that feel like, man? What did, what did that feel like? And that's amazing. I mean, Sean and I have been friends for years and years and years, and we've worked together on music stuff and non-music stuff. So, you know, he, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Sean, but to me, the driving force behind me being here was Sean. He knew that, a, I wouldn't act weird in front of Chester, you know, if, if you needed someone to come in. And that sounds silly, but there's there's people that we're friends with that act weird around Chester, you know. Okay. So, um, And so there was that part. He knew I could play. I'd have a couple of record deals, and I've been in the scene forever. So the playing part was going to be easy, I think, and he and I had played together. But um, just our friendship and knowing, like, part, the biggest part about being in a band is wanting to be in a room with somebody. You know, so I think he knew that I, I would fit that bill, and we would all gel in that way. So I think it was just a an easy fit for me to come in. I agree. I mean, you know, we tried like 40 other guys before we got to Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> he told me I was the only one. Actually, he wasn't the one. So um, when we decided to come in, and, you know, I had a conversation with Mason Chester. And and as soon as I said Kristen's name out on out loud, because Mason didn't know him prior to this, as soon as I said it to Chester, he goes, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was like, that's, Absolutely. So, um, and he had, you know, obviously, you know, been around us for a long time. So it was an, it yeah. was an easy, an easy, um, decision. I think, I think for Macy just needed to get in and meet him. And as soon as he did, they gelled right away. Wow, yeah, I was, awesome. I was actually, I, the house that I live in that the room I'm sitting in right now, I built this house with my own two hands. It was a, a weird wow. thing that I, 
I don't know why I did it, but I did it. So I was in the middle of building my house when Sean called me and asked me if I wanted to do it. And if anybody else would ask me to do anything, it would have been a firm no because I was just so busy literally building a house. Yeah. And I didn't even second guess. I'm like, yeah, immediately. I think I started playing the songs that night and getting getting my chops up on how to play them. So it was, it was very exciting and it was an honor. You know? And it's been an honor the whole time. So when, yeah, when, that, when Chester passed away, I thought that was the end of my part of this of this this journey and, and for those guys to, to allow me to be part of the the second part of the journey was just incredible and amazing. So I tell these guys I, I love them all the time. I can only imagine guys that like, um, you know, you know, cause everything from the perspective of you guys towards this album is, is the, the love and respect uh, as friends and, and, you know, in Chester as well. But I think the other thing that's interesting to me is like not a lot of people, um, you know, again, they would have not heard this or this, this music or this part of the story. And, and yeah, I mean, he is, he, you know, Chester had an amazing following. I was specifically attracted to him uh, towards, you know, when I heard Lincoln park, his vocals really, I mean, he just phenomenal. I, I could talk all day about that, but, um, and you guys really, you know, he's sorely missed. I mean, everybody super misses him. I, I see things daily, even when we were, talking about doing this show just a flood of that how much like because i mean i just again i just i thank you for doing this but like how how much are you getting other of great days fans um chester's specifically chester fans how, is this getting swarmed daily with just this uh gratitude for for this i can only imagine yeah we get hundreds of messages yeah. a day yeah. and i was just gonna say it's been overwhelmingly possible positive too i mean that's that's the thing that really sticks out to me like because you never know what you're going to run into when you do something like this just got a lot of very loyal fans that, that oh, i say yeah you know yeah so you, you never know if you're going to get backlash or, or something like that and it's it i haven't seen you know 0.001 percent of the people are are not on board and everybody else just i think loves what we did and because, no, because of the way that we did it there's a couple dickheads out there, but most, most <laughs> yeah. there's always internet, a couple what? dickheads out there. I'll call it like I see it, man. 99.999% of people love what we did. There's a couple of real assholes out there that yeah. fucking they're, they're delusional about their relationship with Chester. They don't fucking know the guy. They don't know anybody in the band. They have this fantasy world that they've built up in their mind and as if they can understand our intentions. And, I, and, I, and to, those, to those people, I have to tell them, fuck off. You have You're no right. idea what yeah. we did this for. You don't know our relationship. You don't know the music. So fuck off. And then they try to twist. We say, oh, he's telling Lincoln Park fans to fuck off. I'm not telling Lincoln Park fans. We love Lincoln Park fans. We are so proud of everything Chester did in Lincoln Park. Yeah. But those couple of fans can fuck off. <laughs> You're here to hear, folks. You know, really, Sean, Sean, you need to stop candy coating shit. What you're really thinking, how you really feel. Uh, I think that we've been just immersed in positivity, but there, you know, there are a couple of couple of negative comments out there, and I try to stand up they for. Fire, they fire sheriff right up. That's just, that's just who I am as a person, though. When somebody yeah. throws a glass bottle at me, I don't just go, "Oh, ignore it." I'm like, "No, no you addressed it." Yeah, guy in the yeah. face. Because yeah. yeah. I just grew up, and, right. and, and this is how I grew up. Well, you you don't have to like me for it. You can think I'm an asshole for it, but it's just who I am. And well, I, I love the honesty of that, though, because it's not it's not you know it's the internet, and you're not going to please everybody. You know, I know exactly. when I did the band thing, you know, not everybody's going to like your music, which is cool. That's what makes diversity and variety is the spice of life. And and people can have their opinion and, you know, voice it. But the, what a lot of people don't know is when you voice an opinion, the other guy can voice his opinion too. And you just get a nice earful from Sean on that one, right? Well, <laughs> I know the interesting thing about, let me interject for a moment, Sean. The thing about this, and, and I'll tell you yeah. why Sean, Sean gets so fired up, because a lot of these comments have nothing to do with the record. Their personal oh. little jabs at just different levels have nothing oh. to do with the record. So they're basically just personal attacks on either the band or so just the family or just whatever it may be. And uh, Sean and I, you know, we, everyone, we take it personally. Sean takes it that much more personally because he's that much right. closer to Chester. So that's why he gets fired up. You want to tell us that you hate the record? Hate it. It's a record. You know, right. it's an opinion. 
Right. I like this pizza. You like that pizza. You know, exactly. but don't get personal. You get personal. You know, you're going to fire sheriff right up. I think the, the thing that the thing that's the most frustrating is when people challenge our motives for this because that's that's really? the stupidest thing that I've ever heard. I mean, you don't get that at all, though. I, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you don't get that at all. Uh, if it, these people obviously haven't watched the making of the record. They don't oh, get yeah, they don't get the record. Um, you know, I, I, I I chalk it up yeah. to they just haven't educated themselves yet on what we did and why. I mean, if yeah, so I I'm I think that there's just an opportunity to. To teach and that's why we we've done the documentary and well, it's not why but it's a, a nice side effect of the documentary is to be able to show people the journey and why we got why we did what we did where we came from and, and the intent and purpose of this thing but some people are still going to see it as as something other than what it is and, and there's nothing you can do about it but i think that's when it gets personal for us because when you put your heart and your soul in something and, and a lot of work, I mean, we did a, a lot of work on this. It was hours and hours and hours for months and months and months to get this where it is. And then for someone to say we did it for something other than what we did it for, it's just that strikes a chord with me at least. And so, no. No, it's so I, I choose to focus on the the 99% of the people that are, that are well, on the journey with us, but it's, I do see those other idiots and it's, 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 it's disheartening sometimes, but I, I brush them off. <laughs> We do yeah. have to wrap up, though. Um, Sorry, yeah. Uh, I just want—I'll wrap up real here. Then um, I just want everybody to know, uh, as far as the album, uh, I mean, you go on iTunes and anywhere you, you pick up music, you go on iTunes, though. And I, my personal opinion on it, I wouldn't walk to, to pick it up. I, I run to go pick it up and listen to it right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, go definitely go check it out, guys. Um, I do want to uh, put up. See, there we go. Uh, here's contact. You got to go go through the website, greataysmusic.com. Uh, they have a YouTube channel. Uh, they're on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Is there anything else that you want to direct them to up there but that's not there? I think that's good. The only thing I would also want to say is like we're number two right now on uh, on the rock charts in America, and we want to get to number one. So help we're us get there. Well, we're number one in the UK and number two in the US, so we want to get to number one yeah. uh, here too. So. Go and awesome. get the record. Yeah. We appreciate it. <laughs> awesome, guys. Um, I'm going to end, end out the show here, and uh, I'll have you guys hang on just one minute afterwards. And then uh, thank you so much for taking t uh, time to do this, guys. Really, really appreciate it. And the album is amazing. Thank you so much for the album as well. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you all enjoyed the show. For more great interviews and content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Legends and Master Show. Also, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Be sure to go to our website, www.legendsandmastershow.com and join our email list for all upcoming shows, events, and articles. See you on the next one.